I don't know why we do that when somebody asks us how we're doing, but just kind of, we've got the, I, why don't we just go, I just make a different noise. Do it sometimes. See if anybody looks at you. Hey, uh, my name's Danny Phillips. I'm the next-gen pastor here, and I have um, the, the great opportunity to walk beside some of our age division ministry pastors and lead a thing called Leadership Academy, um, where I get to um, love on, encourage, and walk beside some incredible young adults um, and leadership and theological development and have a blast doing that. And then I get to also walk beside some college students. Um, and it is a blast. Like, I love what I get to do. Um, I love that I get to be with you guys this morning. So thanks for receiving me, for en- encouraging me, because I can be a little um, insecure every once in a while. And so thanks for just, like, your, your encouragement. It's awesome. Um, Pastor Jen did an awesome job last week uh, as we've been making our way, navigating through this series called Train to Win, and all kind of revolving around this, uh, this verse in 1 Timothy 4. Um, it says this, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And last week we talked about um, being a disciple and making a disciple. Um, Pastor Jen used the, the analogy of, of CrossFit and how, um, and by the way, um, Pastor Jim, if you're, if you're watching AMRAP, stands for as many rounds as possible. So if anybody was, was unclear about that last week, there you go. Um, that one's free. Um, but talk, just talked about this disciple-making process that we've been called to be disciples and make disciples. Um, and that's, that's a lot of what this past week at camp was about with our students. How do, we, how do we launch forward? It wasn't just about kind of games and good times, but we want to take seriously this, this movement forward with our next generation, with our students. How do we move from, from this place and take a step forward? Um, and and, and there's, just some, there's some fun things that also happen at camp. So if you haven't been or if you have a student that hasn't been before, um, there's just something life-changing that takes place. In fact, I'll show you a picture real quick of my wife and I before camp began. Um, that's, that, there we are. Um, we just had a, a nice little selfie together. My arms are longer, so I get to take the picture, and she's just beautiful. And then something about midway through the week, something happens to you at camp. Guys, it is so fun and good um, that I have dreams about that guy. I hope you don't because you'll be like, I had a nightmare and I hope it's not from the Lord. So um, part of uh, that guy, that guy, that guy, um, Schaefer Quinn, if you're watching, you're welcome. Um, That that guy's still there. Um, So we... One of the things we do at camp, we've got a thing called Camp News, and there's a character that came out of that named uh, Gene Clean, right? And Gene, uh, yeah, hey, hi, Gene. Um, Gene is about um, hygiene, cleanliness, and all that fun stuff. I'm making sure he wasn't still staring at me. Um, but, and I've become a little bit known as that, that guy that does skits. I don't know if that's because I'm so awesomely funny. I'm assuming that's what it is. When they're like, hey, we need somebody to bring some life. They're like, you, get it. I'm like, yeah. Um, or if the rest of our staff just isn't funny or doesn't want to step out there. Or if they're just sitting in the back and like, we tricked him again. <laughs> what a fool. Uh, well, regardless, like, I, I get to step into those places and, and bring some cheer every once in a while. The, the, the problem with that is, is that uh, some people have a hard time separating that guy so, like that guy um, and, and this guy, 
right? So I'll be standing in line somewhere, or I'll be at Walmart, and somebody will be like, hey, what's up, Gene? I'm like, bro, that was like six months ago. Like, let, let the guy be. Like, I, this is just, I'm just standing. I'm just getting some cereal, and like, I, I need some Neosporum. That's all. I'm, I'm here at Walmart for those things, not... I'm not that guy, and, and I think sometimes, um, I think that's some of us in life, that, that we are presented as this one person, and that's kind of who people know us of as, and, and yet we're, we're really this person over here, and, and there, there's a part of us that would really like to be known as this person over here, but, but this person over here is just the, what's been presented for so long that this person over here is so hidden. Does that make sense? This morning, we're going to be talking about um, the discipline of confession. Woo! Yeehaw! I think some of the things we, we've talked about, they're like, yes, I need to do that. That sounds great. I'm in it. And then as soon as I say confession, you're like, I think I have to go to the bathroom. And so, Spirit, I pray you would enlarge bladders all over this room. Amen. Confession's this, confession's this, sharing our deepest weaknesses and failures with God and trusted others so that we may experience the wave of God's grace and mercy and readily receive his forgiveness and healing. I'll read that again just so I can kind of, we, we can soak in that for a little bit. Sharing our deepest weaknesses and failures with God and trusted others so that we may experience the wave of God's grace and mercy and readily receive his forgiveness and healing. King David in Psalm 32 gives us a, just a, a, a song, a song of, of confession, a song of why confession is good and why it's right. And I just want to read that over us. A lot of times I'll, I'll work verse by verse, but I just want to read this over us to give us a little bit of the why behind confession. What, what's good about it? And yet, what makes it so difficult? It says this in verse 1, How happy and fulfilled, which, okay, awesome, we're off to a great start. How happy and fulfilled are those whose rebellion has been forgiven. Those whose sins are covered by blood. How blessed and relieved are those who have confessed their corruption to God. For he wipes their slates clean and removes hypocrisy from their hearts. David is experiencing the results of, forgi of forgiveness. He's experiencing the results of confession that that forgiveness initiated. Verse 3 and 4 tells us about the process that he went through. He said, before I confessed my sins, I kept it all inside. My dishonesty devastated my inner life, causing my life to be filled with frustration, irrepressible anguish, and misery. If you find yourself with those this morning, confession's going to happen today. The pain never let up, for your hand of conviction was heavy on my heart. The Lord's hand is heavy to pull you out of the pain. Can I just tell you that this morning? My strength was sapped. My inner life dried up like a spiritual drought within my soul. This is where David is apart from the confession that he steps into. He says, then I finally admitted to you all my sins, refusing to hide any longer. I said, my life-giving God, I will openly acknowledge my evil actions and you forgave me 
All at once, the guilt of my sin washed away and my pain disappeared. He says, this is what I've learned through it all. All believers should confess their sins to God. Do it every time God has uncovered you in the time of exposing. For if you do this, when sudden storms of life overwhelm, you'll be kept safe. Lord, you are my hiding place, protecting me from these troubles, surrounding me with songs of gladness. Your joyous shouts of rescue release my breakthrough. Hmm. There's a few things that, that confession does. The first is this, that confession demonstrates real-time humility. There's a place in this psalm that, that David's trying to, to carry it on himself puffing himself up, thinking that, that he can hold this, and the only things that it brought him was devastation, frustration, anguish, misery, pain. H have you been there, church? H have you been in that place where you've taken on some, something that has been done to you, an offense done towards you, or something that you've done outwardly, out of the overflow of your heart, because of rebellion that's in your heart, that you've done something to somebody else? And the weight of that, things that you've said, I'm going to go to the grave with this thing. I can't tell anybody. I, can't, I cannot be exposed by anybody. I will not do that. Can I just tell you that's a weight that you weren't meant to carry? This is not, confession is not a theoretical thing that you just sit around and talk about. It's not a pseudo-humility of going like, eh, I'm, I, I stink as a person. Like, we're talking confession of being our weaknesses and our failures, our deepest weaknesses and failures. You see, confession communicates um, a childlike, reliant faith. A childlike, reliant faith that runs to daddy, that runs to God the Father because they know that he's good. The, the, the opposite of that is a childish faith. And a childish faith runs and hides in a corner. A childish faith hides in the darkness, desiring not to be exposed at all. Confession is admitting the reality of what is happening and who we are in the grips of a loving father. Confession's a mark of maturity within that humility. Second thing is this, the confession brings identity-infused healing. And what I mean by this is, is, is that um, when we come to this place of recognizing who God is and what he's done and who we are as a result of who he is and what he's done, then we can move forward towards healing. Most of us want the healing part without acknowledging who we are. We just want God to take this from me, and God's going, I'll take it from you, but I want you to see who I am and what I want to do in you and through you. I, want, I need you to know whose you are in the middle of this. In the kingdom of God, confession isn't something that leads you to be ostracized by God, but rather invites you to a place of greater intimacy with the Father where you are fully known and fully loved. This is, when we say intimacy, it's, it's this thing of being fully known and fully loved. Regardless of what we, how we view ourselves, confession is not defeat because you are not your confession. Do you know that? Parents, do you know that about your kids when they, when they screw up? Like they are not their mistakes. Like they are not their failures. 
Their identity is driven and woven so much deeper. Now they can start to believe if we, if we feed them that lie, they grow up believing that they are that. I'm just a bad kid. No, you're, you're one who's trying to, to figure this thing out and I wanna walk beside you in the middle of that. You're one who's in need of great grace and mercy just like me, just like mom or dad. Mom or dad, if you don't walk forward in humility based off of your identity, you're going to demonstrate to them that if you just show everything's okay, then, then you can just make it through life. And the reality is you're teaching your kids how to be hypocrites in the middle of your home. And I, don't, I know that's not what you want. I, that's not what I want. Like one of the, the scariest things for me as, as a pastor is for my kids not to see the beauty and glory of Jesus' grace and mercy in our home. To think, well, my dad's one way here, but at home, he, he, he explodes. I don't, I don't want that because I want them to see Jesus in our home. The same way they see Jesus in this house. You can be greatly grieved by sin in your confession and simultaneously greatly loved by Jesus. Like the two are not, we don't have to, to wallow in misery in the confession and have to wait. There's not a, like a 30-day um, trial time before you can release that and pick up joy. Like they're simultaneous. In the confession, in the, in the brokenness, we get to acknowledge the great joy of what God has done. How are, how are these things healing? Well, because if you know who you are based off, off of whose you are, you're more readily ready to, to move forward in that healing. Rather than let that woundedness, the brokenness, the cuts grow infected because you, you're scared to deal with them, because you don't know who to go to, because you're, you're, you're hiding in the shadows, right? Um, I'm from a family of all boys, um, which means there was a lot of not smartness that, that went around our house very often. Things that, that my parents would probably look at us and go, what were you thinking? Which, that's just, that's just a wrong question, right? There was no thought. There was, like, it's, it's blank. That's why when you, when you ask that question and you get a blank stare, is because it's still going. The not thinking is still happening. Uh, uh, <laughs> right? I remember um, we were probably in middle school, um, and, and we were a sports family, and we found a, a newer baseball, which when you cut a baseball, cut the stitches off, and begin to unravel this thing that takes forever, um, in the middle is a little bouncy ball on, on the good baseballs. Like sometimes you get the, you kind of take off the cover, and it's a, a cork, and you're like, ah, I want to bounce something, Right? I don't know. Did y'all not see it bounce? I saw it bounce, and that's why I looked up. <laughs> Some of the people down here are like, where'd it go? <laughs> it's okay, I got it. It's really easy to do with an old baseball, but with a newer baseball, it's kind of difficult to get that cover off. Well, we found a newer baseball, and we had a pocket knife that was about that big. It's the kind that has a little toothpick in it that you just kind of plug your teeth and throw it back in, which is kind of disgusting if you think about it. So we start cutting on this thing. Um, my, my cousin brother, who's three months older than me, I'll tell you about it later, um, 
we have this pocket knife, and we're trying to cut the stitches off, but it's so difficult, um, and it, the, the knife keeps, and I still have scars on my hand. Uh, and I, yes, I said scars, plural, um, because I, we'd kind of come off and, and, and cut our finger a little bit, and we'd, we'd run inside and grab a little tissue or a Band-Aid and kind of run back outside like, hey, Mom, not doing anything here. I just run like this all the time, right? Go back outside. A couple minutes later, my brother would cut his hand. He'd run inside, grab something, and by the time we're done, we're like wrapped up, ready for a boxing match in blood. I'm like, what? What were you thinking? Well, I I wanted the little bouncy ball. Back there. (laughs) Why, Why would we not, if we know whose we are, why would we not, when we're cut or broken, Go to the source of the one that really has wisdom and understanding and can do something about that. A little bit of a tissue or a little bit of Band-Aid really probably isn't the best thing for 18 cuts on your hand. To, to just, that may be an exaggeration. Maybe not. It may have been that. Uh, but, but to go, hey, mom, I'm not smart. <laughs> Exhibit A. <laughs> can I get some of that Neosporum and some Band-Aids that actually will keep the blood from gushing out? Can we, can we do that? But I think we're so set on having this thing figured out that we are so scared to be exposed for those things that, that are weaknesses and, and, um, and failures in our life. Rather than hiding in shame, the psalmist says, God calls you to hide in him. Rather than hiding in the things of the world, rather than hiding in the bottle, rather than hiding in the the people that you're around, God's calling you, beckoning you, come to me, come to me. As I was walking through preparation for, for this, I was thinking, yeah, God, you're going to do a good work. And it's just, we're just going to be able to sit there like us and God, and we're going to have this great response time with God. And then um, God said, well, that, that's not all. Like, yes, confession with, with me is good. We want this vertical, but just as Jen reminded us last week, that the, 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 the great commandment isn't just a vertical, but it's representative within the horizontal. And, and that's, that's not just something that Jesus came up with. In, in Numbers 5, which you guys all read when you were going through the books of the law, I know you didn't like pass over this, so you could probably stand up and recite it for me. Ready? And the Lord, no, I'm just playing. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel. When a man or woman commits any of the sins that people commit by breaking faith with the Lord, and that person realizes his guilt, he shall confess his sin that he has committed. And he shall make full restitution for his wrong, adding a fifth to it and giving it to him whom he did the wrong to. You see, there's this intricate connection between breaking faith with the Lord and offenses that break trust with others. And when there's an offense that is brought to the table, we have to address that. And in numbers, it's not just giving back or trying to restore what was lost, but it's this. What would have happened if that would have never have been the case? And I'm going to pay 20% restitution to move them forward to where it would have been had this never have occurred. You with me? 
The kingdom is always moving forward until God's saying, this is, this is what my kingdom looks like. And I want you to be a demonstration of that by helping the offended move forward. You catch? Placing what was lost back in its rightful spot. It, it's, it's, it's God and his shalom. Shalom, the, the, the peace of God. And peace simply means this, the way things ought to be. And so I ask you, can confession, can your confession move things back to the way things ought to be? I'm not saying erasing the past, but bring um, yourself as well as those around you back to the place that God desires for it to be. When we confess, that which was lost in the offense can be powerfully restored. That's not just the Old Testament model, it's, it's seen within the book of James as well. James is giving encouragement to the church. He's telling them, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Encourage one another. Pray for the sick with prayers of faith. And then he tells them this. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another. Are we doing that? Are we doing that in our families? Are we doing that in in our groups? He says, then pray for one another to be instantly healed that there would be restoration that would take place. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. So here, here it is. The context for confession is trusted gospel community, where we acknowledge where we are and ask Holy Spirit to restore and come in power in our fellowship with him and one another. That there's restoration that takes place as we confess and pray and allow spirit to move us forward. You see, I think most of us move into this thing throughout our life, and we've got decades of carrying a weight that was never meant for you. And there's some things in our life that um, are heavy, <laughs> like this weight. For some people, like my friend Blake Butchery over here, this would be a lightweight. But for a little guy, it's going to get heavy over time. So I, I can hold it up for a little bit, right? Um, but if you're asking me to stand here for two hours, it's going to start to crumble. And some of you guys are, are carrying a weight that is moving towards a place of you crumbling. And it's beginning to get uncomfortable or creating pain in other places that it was never meant to create pain. And what happens when we confess and we pray powerful prayers in trusted biblical community is that those people around us are going to be pointing us back towards the cross, pointing us back towards Jesus, pointing us back towards the one who gives life, the one who heals so, Blake, would you mind helping me just a little bit? It is getting a little heavy. The way in confessing to others and what we do with others is allowing them to help guide us back to the one who already carried it, who didn't ask you to pick it back up again, but just guides us back to that place. Slowly, steadily. Thanks, Blake. 
moving us to a place that we can walk in freedom. So, so here's what that means. And uh, Pastor Blake and I have actually been able to do this over the years as, as youth pastors, as friends, um, to go, hey, this is, this is where I'm struggling. This is a weakness of mine. This is a failure of mine. So we can either go, yeah, I understand that. I know I, I've had a boss like that before too, or I have friendships like that, or yeah, my kids do the same thing. I, I get it. That's not what I'm talking about here. To, to lead somebody back towards the gospel is to say, hey, I, I know you think that about those that, that you're around, but, but here's the greater reality. Like, you don't work for them. You work for God. The scripture calls us to, with everything we do, to do it as unto the Lord, right? Hey, I, I know your kids can be crazy at times, but, but here's the reality is that they're God's kids, and he loves them so much more than you. And the reality is you're probably seeing a little bit of your brokenness right in the middle of that. So I would encourage you, let's, let's look back towards Jesus. Let's look to the author and perfecter of our faith. And I'm going to pray powerful prayers with you that would point you to the one that can do something about it. And we're going to usher in the work of the Spirit in those broken places with people around us. Confession should happen with Jesus in the quiet places and out loud in trusted biblical community frequently. Now let me tell you this. The response back to that confession is incredibly important. Parents, if you had a student go to camp or just if, if you have kids in general, your response to confession is huge. If there is shame, a lack of self-control coming out in anger, if there is disgust, what you've just communicated is you're better off hiding. Go to your room, I don't wanna see your face. Friends, that's, that's not, I, I get it. I know the moments of frustration. But what God's saying is, I want to see your face. I want to speak words of life. This is not who you are. You're operating as one who, who's, who's been uh, enslaved, but you're, you're not enslaved anymore. You've been set free. So, so why are you continuing to, to live in something that you're not? Let's, let's call them out of that place and call them to the one who wants to see them, who laid their, his life down for them, who separates as far as the east is from the west. So, so far, I've separated you from your sin. You are not your sin. Jesus took on the weight of sin on himself so that it would no longer have power over us. If confession is met with gospel truth, and points back to Jesus. While, while being fully aware there's natural repercussions or discipline that may take place, even those things remind us of, of the gospel. Like you being in, in timeout or whatever punishment that you produce, like however you structure that in your house, here's what should follow that discipline. That, that, that separation, Jesus, Jesus knows separation. He knows what it's like to be abandoned. 
Jesus knows what it's like to, to experience pain. And so what you've experienced here is just a small taste of what Jesus, so that you would be set free, so that you would know the love of the Father. Let's go grab dinner. How do we move forward? What, what if the reality of who you are was, was really exposed? What, what if this person was seen rather than, than mustache? I'm sorry, like if you carry a mustache in here, I, I, I dig it. Like you, you rock that thing. I'm, I'm just not a mustache guy, mainly because my wife is not a mustache loving towards, uh, it's, it's a personal, we'll, we'll talk through that later, right? I think some of our, our, our greatest fears would be that, that, that we're fully exposed because we're afraid we won't be loved and no one would want to have anything to do with us. You, you realize that this is a ploy of the enemy, right? That the number one ploy of the enemy is just shame. Just go hide. Hey, Adam and Eve, you blew it. Just go hide. When God comes through, just maybe, maybe just, just hide. Hide in the darkness. problem with that is, is, is this. Um, Jesus makes a declaration on the cross and he says, it is finished. We, we just sang it. So the question is like, what part of it is finished don't you understand? I, I can stand wholly and fully in front of you and, and we, we could may not do that right now, may not be appropriate to, to confess everything to you here. I, I'd, be, I'd be glad to do it because I trust fully, wholeheartedly the work of Jesus in my life. Is it scary? Yes. Will it be received well all the time? No. Is it the place that we should step into? Yes. Benny Johnson in the book, Happy Intercessor says this, what comes with Jesus' completeness on the cross is that we can now fight from victory, not for victory. We, we don't share the places we're ashamed of because we, we think we can garner our own victory, not realizing that in doing so, we are negating or not trusting the very one we're supposed to confess to, who is Jesus. A person fighting for victory has to puff their chest up and make everyone around them believe they are better than they are. At the end of the day, you and I are not the heroes, Jesus is. So, so let down the guard. Let, let down who everybody has a picture of you as and just go, look, look, I'm just gonna hide behind Jesus. This is, this is who I, these are my weaknesses, these are my flaws. These are my insecurities and here it is. Maybe not let the floodgates flow that easy, but just let trusted biblical community. I'm gonna say that again. Trusted biblical community, allow those things to start coming up and one by one begin to allow the gospel to be spoken over those things so the spirit can heal and restore. That, that first definition that I offered, um, that, that you would be readily able to receive his forgiveness and healing. How are you gonna receive forgiveness and healing when you're so busy holding on to something that should have been let go a long time ago? An offense against you or something that you've committed. 
So, so we're just going to spend some time doing that. That there may be somebody in this room, parents and, and kids, there, there may be something that needs to be spoken in this room. And I just want you to have the freedom to, to say, this is, this is what has happened. And I'm sorry. And I want to believe the work of Jesus in this moment to heal and restore, to allow the wave of God's grace and mercy to wash over us. And if somebody comes to you to, to share and, and confess, I, I want you to speak life, speak the gospel back to them. I ask our prayer and ministry team to come forward as well. And, and if it's not somebody that, that's in this room that, that you need to, to speak to, um, allow our prayer ministry team to walk through some of that with you. Vertically, with our Heavenly Father reminding you whose you are, and then that the Spirit, that the indwelling Spirit would produce and ready the, 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 the table for confession to take place wherever it needs to. Will you guys stand with me? I believe that confession restores fathers to sons and daughters to mothers and brothers to sisters and friends to friends and coworkers to coworkers. Confession is releasing so that God can fill. And so Spirit, that's what we pray in this moment right now that there would be movement around this room, that you would begin restoring fathers and sons and daughters and mothers and brothers and sisters where offense has been created. God, let us turn to you who took on our offenses on yourself and you laid them in the grave. You put them in the grave and moved them away from us. Let us not carry them and pick them back up and move forward with them, but let us leave them there and walk in new life. Feel free to move, feel free to write, feel free to come forward as you feel led. Spirit, we pray your covering of love over these gathered here. Spirit, I pray that you would prepare hearts and conversations, not just out of this morning, but would confession be a regular routine, a regular practice where we ask you, Lord, Lord search our hearts. See if there's anything wicked, anything rebellious in my heart and point me back towards you. the confession of our mouth, the belief in our heart would be matched in our confession and powerful prayer with one another. We thank you that you hold us up, that you are a safe place to hide, that you are a good father. We thank you, our good God. Jesus, victorious name, we walk out of this place. Amen and amen. Our prayer ministry team will continue to be here. You guys are dismissed.